Good morning, sweet angel of the morning. <laughs> Thank you so much. Good morning, Chandler. Good morning. Oh, you know, today is Ask Lauren and Chandler, which we really do when we have no content to deliver to people. Should we pull wow, back the curtain? Okay. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say it's so much as like we don't have anything prepared. Other than that, nothing is really happening. That's exciting us. Yes. I do have a few things at the top, though, that I am excited about. So yeah, um, I wanted to discuss a few things before we get to questions. Although I will say, how crazy was it? How many questions we got? We Yeah, it was insane. I was shook, mainly because I feel like we talk about ourselves a lot. So I feel like people are... <laughs> probably <laughs> sick of it but then you know I was I was overwhelmed yes in a good um, way. It, it, yeah truly truly overwhelming um and we got lots of like uh I would say kind of more inappropriate questions or a few very distinctive yeah. inappropriate questions yeah excited to tackle those on the patreon right um Okay, but before we kind of fully dive in, I just have a few things I want to discuss. The first is administrative, okay? Okay. So a little housekeeping. Yeah. The giveaway has started, everyone. It is April. Mm -hmm. We are giving away a walking pad. This is how you enter. To win a walking pad, you simply post on your stories recommending Pop Apologist to your friends. Yep. Include a link to an episode. That mm -hmm. way, of, this is very important. Your followers need to be able to simply tap a link on your stories and, and go to one of our episodes. You need to now, do some micro-influencing of your own in order to enter this giveaway. Yes, exactly. Um, now, I also have another request. Okay, you ready for this, Chan? Oh, gosh. more Just more of our listeners. <laughs> Here's also what I'm going to ask. Um, pick a favorite episode. Listen. They're not all five stars. I think that there are some duds and there are some hits. Right. And They're not all let's, bangers. Let's pick a hit. You know, and if right. we're going to, if we're, we're linking anyway. We never claim to be the Taylor Swift of podcasts. They're not all hits. Exactly. That's all I ask. Pick an episode that you know is a banger to link to. And finally, we request that you only enter the giveaway if you would actually want to share this podcast with your friends. This is simply just, you know, giving you a reason to do what you would do already. So we kindly ask that you not say this is part of a giveaway um, because I, it kind of invalidates the whole shebang. All right. Is that out of the out of the way? Thank you for making me do that all on my own. She no really problem. took a back Anytime. seat. Yeah, I'll... <laughs> I, I'm happy to talk about the giveaway next episode. I do just do such an eloquent job mm. of discussing it. You know, I let you take the reins by design. Just being thirsty and self-promotional comes so naturally to me. It's truly disturbing. Okay. Um, another thing I want to talk to you about, Chandler. Mm -hmm. Bad vegan. I know I haven't watched. I'm just, I'm just going to say that yeah. it's, it is completely delightful it's okay. super interesting and it's four there's four episodes so if you have an afternoon open or something just know that there's an excellent when do show i ever have an you. afternoon open i just mean like a saturday afternoon or a sunday afternoon an afternoon open okay okay i mean 
Uh, wow. I've been with you. I've seen you during the workday. Sometimes you, uh, there's a lot of time spent lighting candles. There's a lot of time spent just getting extra cozy oh, at your desk. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, I need to be cozy at my desk where I will sit for, you know, anywhere between two to eight hours. There's a range. Maybe on one of the two hour days, pop in an episode of Bad Vegan okay. on Netflix. Okay. Cool. Anyway, it's very, very good. It's I would love your thoughts. I'd love for you to watch it at some point because the guy she's dating is such an intense liar. Mm. And anyway, is I it, just would love to actually discuss it with you. Is it another scammer show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's fully a scammer. Okay. And, and he's is fully, it about fully, him? fully. A I don't scammer. know anything about it. So. Okay, so she's basically, and I remember her. So I think she was a little uh, before your time. Um, But I remember being like a 20-year-old or 18-year-old. And this girl, Sarma, was, remember when I was super into raw food? Yeah, yeah. I actually like forced you to to do a raw food diet with me. Lauren forced (laughs) me to to do a raw diet with her. And literally one time she made us like sushi wraps. And it was like seaweed (laughs) and like peppers. And it was some type of ginger sauce. And I was like, literally, that was the meal. And I've never felt hungrier in my entire life. The meal was like sliced cucumbers, carrots, peppers, wrapped in seaweed, dipped in soy soy sauce. That was the meal. meal. (laughs) No, thank you. So I used to be very into like the vegan scene. Um, Yeah. When I was very young, like 18-ish. Yeah. And anyway, this girl, Sarma, I think it's like Melangali or something. She was the queen of raw food in New York at the time. Okay. She had a restaurant called Pure Food and Wine. Long story short, she was like this like beautiful blonde, not that being blonde is important, but this is what she looked like. She was this beautiful blonde woman with this amazing restaurant that was getting all these rave reviews. It was super yeah. successful. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, it all went up in flames. Like, the workers started really? p- picketing because they weren't being paid. They shut down the restaurant. They walked out. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was, like, super – it was just, like, super mysterious what happened. And and she was on the run with her husband. Whoa. And eventually she was caught. And this doesn't – give away anything this is all like basically shown in the first two minutes of the series um but eventually she's caught in vegas through the the raw vegan queen is caught ordering dominoes like that's how they catch her is like through that transaction so it's super hilarious um but yeah her husband basically she meets this guy and what's super interesting is she first talks about like you know being this like very uh attractive young woman with this very successful restaurant in New York City and how all Alec Baldwin was like super into her like yeah. super into her and he even like Checked tweeted out. about her is this interesting or are you fading yeah no 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 okay uh, I need you're a good like pulse check in terms of our listeners if they're yeah. so awake so yeah. um you can keep me you know in line okay anyway okay. I'll try to keep it brief I'm keeping it very okay. brief um he like tweets about how like you go to pure food and wine for the food and also just to stare at Sarma. Like he's like super into her. Yeah. And anyway, and what's funny is she's like probably mid thirties at this point. And she's just like, yeah, he was just so much older than me. Yeah. Um, And I just like could not, was not into like, I I couldn't handle how much. I'm sure Alec Baldwin was probably 60 at the time. How old is he now? Just kidding. 
Yes, but then she's like, it's hilarious because he ended up marrying someone much younger than me. Right, right. Ilaria, when he met her, was probably like mid-20s. Yeah, She was mid-20s. Can you believe they're having another kid also? Honestly, I don't get it. I just don't. I can't fathom either. I mean, also, I'm like, this is getting quite expensive. Yes, yes. For me, it's like you marry someone that is older with tons of money for an easy life, right? Isn't that right. the point? Yeah. It's almost like she missed the memo on the point of marrying Alec Baldwin. I, and it's just like literally every time they have any baby, they reset the clock. Like at some like point, I, and it almost like, doesn't matter how many nannies you have. Like it doesn't matter totally, because you still have seven chaos. children. Unless it's you chaos. have like a, a sprawling compound where you can essentially keep – your living quarters Them. as like as their own as not a separate entirely separate right yeah. it doesn't matter how many nannies how many governesses you have right it'll still feel like chaos because it's seven kids it's it also just doesn't also quite close together to like there's six kids in our family but they're kind of spaced out but even our mom complains about how she did you know she did kindergarten for like you know 18 years or something like that Right, right. There's just it's some there there's clearly a screw loose with with both. Well, of them. and this it's, coming off the heels yeah. of like the shooting incident, just like maybe oh. just like stop having kids. I mean, I don't know if this was like I don't think it was a publicity thing, but it's just like maybe you got enough like like legal troubles right now to like work out and you don't <laughs> need to like add another like kids like trust fund to mix. Yeah. Don't forget how she doubles down on the Spanish <sighs> Right, you know, Spanish heritage with calling them, calling it another Baldwinito. Right, right. Um. Anyway, so yeah, Sarma, she basically like, you know, kind of ruse the fact that she didn't take him up on his offer. And then he, you know, she sees um, Ilaria basically living this like fabulous life. And she's like kind of falls on tougher times, things like more stressful. And she meets this guy and he's, she meets him online and he's not really like who she'd normally go for. He's a lot kind of like Wait, and this is after her. everything blows up. No, this is way this is way before. This is okay. way before anything I'm blows up. I'm a little up. bit confused Basically, on the timeline. This is way before anything blows up, right? Okay. Like the restaurant okay. is still successful. Yeah. Things are just tighter. Like she okay. she takes on a two million dollar loan to yeah. own the restaurant outright. Got and it. and anyway, she meets this guy online who does not fit her usual physical criteria but he's like very yeah. charming okay. she's not in general that attracted to him but anyway yeah. she kind of like and she's goes open about because- that yeah okay. and and then she meets him in real life and he's very much like not exactly what she was planning on or what he seemed like yeah. but she kind of yeah. still goes with it because she has like a lot of emotional sunk costs yeah and anyway he just chandler like he just like I've dated a liar. I've dated a total yeah. pathological liar. Yeah. That's a story. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever tell. But anyway, yeah. um, this he takes it to another extreme. Like, literally, told her that he would make her and her dog immortal. Like he would be able to make oh. them live forever. And he yes and i'm just like a simple woman like i just like i don't need anyone to promise me immortality to be happy like i'm good i'm good with just like telling me that you love me like i'm good validating that i you think i'm pretty tell you know whatever i i think we are all simple women at heart but then 
someone very suave comes into your life and takes you into this like other psychological realm. And it's very, I think it's very difficult not to get caught up in it. I actually understood, you know, how she got so. Well, um, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like it's a really sad tragedy that like women will be taken for a ride as long as men, if men can just like pay them the right lip service, women will be taken for a ride. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just like, I think it just, well, it's just so hard. I think for so many women to find love and support and companionship. That's true. Although the reverse does happen for sure, where there are women who absolutely take advantage of men and take them for a ride. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I just, I do think that like more often it happens to women. I think women are more likely scammed than men are scammed by women. Definitely. Yes. Definitely by meeting me psychological needs um yes maybe rather than physical ones but anyway it's just a very very like it's just beyond the what he did to her is beyond he basically ruined her entire life she had this very successful amazing you know life that she had built and brand she had built and he just destroyed he literally just destroyed her life um and it's utterly fascinating and i think it is a good cautionary tale that you can be a very smart, successful person. I mean, she went to Penn. You know, she went to an right. Ivy League school. This was not a dummy. And she was fully swindled. Okay, another thing, Chandler. Yeah. Did you watch the Mormon mom talk? Yes, yes. I was just about to ask you if we could take a sharp left and talk about that. But I think, actually, we should save it for the Patreon. Don't hate me, everybody. Save Mormon mom talk for the Patreon? I think so, yeah. Why? Are your thoughts, like, kind of spicy on it? I think my thoughts are kind of spicy. And I don't. I don't, I'm not interested in getting a lot of hate. Let's save it for the Patreon. Sorry, everyone. Patreon will be out this Friday. I just, um, look, I think I want to be able to speak fully to it. Yeah, and I think I'm going to be, right. have to feel ex- extremely cautious about what I say. And right. I, I want to be able to speak freely about, you know, maybe some of my takeaways from being Mormon and what that's like as a woman and why these women act like this. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to save it for the Patreon personally. Okay. But if you want to talk about it, you can. No, no. Let's save it for the Patreon. Let's get into the Q&A because we've got a ton of questions. Okay, let me start with let me start with a hard-hitting one. Okay. You ready for this hard-hitting one? Yeah. And I just love this love this phrasing too. Who got the nose job? <laughs> <laughs> Literally just no other context on like who got the nose job? Who got um, the nose job? Uh, I did. So thank you for asking. I'm not going to say your name, but uh, just who got they didn't ask any other questions either. It's just who got the nose job. (laughs) I consider it a compliment that they had to even ask. You know what I mean? Totally. I feel flattered. Thank you, uh, Dr. Crumley. Yeah, Dr. Crumley does incredible work. Right. Um, And the thing about your nose job, though, is he really just gave you a more refined version of what you already had. Mm -hmm. Like he I don't think he really changed the sh- yes the shape was changed but just to be like almost a smaller no, version of what exactly God I intended. I, thank you for saying that. It's that's exactly true and it was yeah it it was just a a refinement of what I already had. Um because so I'm you a don't look like very a different beautiful person. person. No. No, it's true. You are naturally very yeah. very beautiful. Have you ever heard of the phrase upstairs face and downstairs face? No. 
Okay. What does that mean? Upstairs face means like a regal patrician face. My friend Sophie yeah. was teaching me about this yesterday. Yeah. Upstairs yeah. face is like a regal patrician face. It's a face that looks like a queen. It's a face like a like a Rachel Weiss. You know what I mean? Very distinguished features. Uh, wow. Could okay. look at you with a stare and they could steer like, you to your core. You don't have this, but just for contrast, I'm explaining to you what it is. <laughs> no, I think you do have an upstairs face. I think you have a face that is more um, like Kate Blanchett upstairs face. These are faces that are very, that create an impression. Um, mm-hmm. Downstairs faces are more everyday faces. Mm-hmm. They can, like, this is not a hotness thing. This yeah. is just a, just a an aesthetic you know what's commentary. Funny? Like, go ahead. Here's that's very nice of you to say. So thank you. And what's funny is that I feel like because of maybe my features being a little bit more I use the word regal. I'm just gonna use the word gorgeous. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I no no because of my the way my face looks and it, yeah like it, I do feel like it makes me look older. Like I've never felt like I have a super young looking face, if that makes mm, sense. Right, right. And so I feel like I've always actually been people don't think I'm people are never like, wow, you're only 26. Right. Uh, right. People are actually like, yeah, that that makes sense. Or you and mean they also say, think, like you're you mean they say, can you imagine if you said, Oh, I'm 31 and someone said, You wow, you're only 31? Right. <laughs> you messed that up. <laughs> Gosh, that'd be so rude. Um, no, what you mean is they don't say like, oh, you're 31? I or 26? Yeah, exactly. I thought you were. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes. So, uh, but sometimes it's like, anyway, sometimes I've been like insecure about that. I'm like, why don't people think I'm younger all the time? Which is a stupid, probably like conditioned. Like if, if people are not constantly yeah. accosting you with how young you look, like you're, you're a failure as a woman in our society. So anyways. Yeah, yeah it's so dumb. Um, Thank you. Anyways, yes, you have you have a very distinctive face. You definitely have an upstairs face. I think, yeah. Anyway, I won't, Ashley, our older sister, has an extreme upstairs face. Um, yeah, it, it's a term so in funny. British acting where they literally oh, really? hire people based on if they look like they have downstairs faces or upstairs faces, really? like faces for like like servant faces or aristocrat faces. Yes, but so, like it doesn't. It's not a um, comment on hotness. Right, 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 right. Um, what you're saying is that I could double as the Dowager Countess of Grantham. Yes. Do you have you ever heard of Judy Dench? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of you, and I think of doppelganger, I think right. Judy Dench. I get that. I get stopped all the time. Wait, yeah. Can I share you know my who, favorite McGonagall and Hogwarts. That's that's your vibe. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Absolutely. Thank you. My very favorite clickhole uh, posting is about Judy Dench, and okay. a clickhole will do this thing where, where they will make up random quotes and then attribute them to celebrities. Yes, so, yes, yes. So this, so they, so they show a picture of Judy Dench, and then they have this like quote, right? And so there's a picture of Judy Dench. Picture her in your mind, and then the quote says, "Killing me isn't going to bring back your son." And then it just says Judy Dench unprompted. <laughs> Wait, what? Just I maybe need to post it, about, post it or send it to you, but it's like just like I can hear her saying it, and it was, and it's literally completely made up. Killing me isn't going to bring back your son, Judy Dench unprompted. Tr- <laughs> the cold made up quotes are hilarious. They're so good. <laughs> just like what? Oh my god! Un- the unprompted is the best part. Um, like who is she speaking to she's, who is just, she talking to she's just literally that's the way she talks 
let's move on to another question. Someone wants to know, to whom do you credit for teaching you your fabulous vocabularies? People always comment on the vocab thing, which is truly, truly so kind. Um, and Chan, I'll let you answer this. Great. Um, I don't read as much now, but I read a lot when I was growing up. And I thought I you were going to give me all the credit. I thought you were literally going to be like, well, that's where I was to- going. Literally, <laughs> okay. let me finish a GD sentence. Also, it's like, of course, of course. Uh, like you, Of course, you chose this question. Um, I guess the next question we'll go to is, <laughs> how did you get your great vocabularies? And then you just cost me for not giving you credit. It's all about Lauren. It's you- a Lauren show. I'll let you take it, Chan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Lauren has... Uh, has honestly been a big factor in me having a better vocabulary because she uses big words all the time. And then I incorporate them. Like, I feel like there's a funny timeline where like Lauren will use a big word for a really, like she'll probably incorporate a new word into her vocabulary for like three to four weeks. And then I'll finally understand it well enough with enough of her context to then I'll use it for then the next three to four weeks. In fact, I said something, I don't know. This wasn't a word from you, but I was using the word like erasure, like erasure, erasure. I was using the word I was using the word erasure and mm-hmm. uh, I used it probably three times this weekend. And Ben was like, oh, wow, that's really your new word. So mm. uh, anyways, I'll get called out for it. But it's all to Lauren's credit. Um, well, the the nice thing is, is no one ever and I'm sure it's coming now, but no one ever says like, oh, these bitches are so pretentious. Can they just speak normally? So what's nice is it's that we're not coming cro- across as like trying hard. Right. With the way. Right. With the vocab, yeah. I, um, because we're, this is truly the way we speak. There is, um, there's no putting on vocabulary errors, but what I will say is that I just was very interested in, this is, now this sounds pretentious, but I was just very interested in language. Like literally when I was in my early twenties, uh, when people, when people asked me what I was going to be, <laughs> what I was going to do, I would look at them straight in the eyes and with a deadpan face totally seriously say I'm gonna be a poet like I'm gonna be a poet and like that was my career path and so and I was like I went to academic conferences I the, you know I did all Snooze. I did the things I know I know but I guess <laughs> the point is like I just really like I like words I'm naturally drawn to words oh and I my find gosh interesting I, I'm just saying this is this is why and so it's not like it's not like I ever set out I think you're also just you're just smart. You're smart too. You don't have to chalk it up to I went to academic conferences. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's just like I I mean, it's it's like someone asking, like, you know, why are you if you like, why are you good at dancing? Oh, I went to dance school. You know, on some level, like I feel like I went to word school. That was like Yeah, you were you were definitely like you're just you're smart and I think you read a lot of like higher level books. Um, well, you know, some of us are reading the sisterhood of the traveling pants and Lauren was reading like war and peace. I was a very obnoxious, pretentious, annoying yeah. person, honestly. And it's still sort of there, but I was way, way, worse. I mean, the academic, like 15, the, <laughs> the academic conferences confirmed that it's still, there. yeah, it's still there for sure. Um, because the problem is, yeah, anyway, I won't go, I won't get into it. Um, I won't get into it, but the, well, the, pro- the problem is, is you have to distinguish. You have to say like, I'm not, I wasn't just like 
trying to be like a coffee shop poet. Like I was like actually trying to like, you know, well, it was just do a your thing. major. Yeah, totally. Contribute you were to like, like the canon of American literature. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so I just was super, I just have been very drawn to, to words. And I think it's just something that I, I still enjoy, but I just am not in any way close to what, the way I used to perform intellectually and work intellectually. I basically do no intellectual work now and um, have completely given up that side of my personality. Yeah. But I would like to regain it someday. Let's make sure we can keep this train on the tracks before you start to pr- pursue other intellectual ventures, okay? I know. That's the problem because for me, I'm just so incredibly one-track minded that the second yeah. I decide that it's time to become an artist I will do it with all fi- all frivolous things will be done away I know with. I know I know um, everyone, and Papa Paul just will be the first to go <laughs> for the first to go so everyone just like prepare yourself That's, okay let's move I on I literally quit Papa Paul just when we first started it for this very reason right, right anyway right okay here's another one what is Kagan and Lauren's love sl- no just yeah, I wasn't. Well, they said, like, "What is K and AL's me. love? What is K and AL's love slash dating story?" And I'm like, "Who's K and Al?" <laughs> K, K and Al. This, I think, this was a typo because this person also submitted this question before. Um, okay, I think any. I, I was just, I was just. You should direct them to, to your episode make you with Kagan. Um. Yeah. Let's all some of these are very specific. Um, people want to know a lot about me. It's crazy. Oh, so you are maybe insufferable I'll do. this morning. You're insufferable. <laughs> I'll I'm never kidding. get over academic um, conferences. <laughs> the the bad reviews can't. Are, that are going to come in are let's just move on. Okay. Um. Anyway, I'll tell the K. I'll do a solo episode probably on, on the Patreon and tell some, one of these some of these more specific stories. Yeah, I just feel like you don't want to sit through our love story. That's for well, sure. Well, I I I don't want I don't think you want to sit through mine and Ben's love story again in the same way that yeah I don't really want to sit through yours and Kagan's. But I think it's a lovely story, and I do think you should direct <laughs> people to your Kagan episode. Um. Okay. Next question: Why does Lauren live in Puerto, Puerto Rico? I can't. You're literally so insufferable this morning. Let's we're, let's let's give a thirty second answer. Clock starts now. Go. <laughs> no, no. I'm. Uh, well, this is a valid this. question. Couldn't someone just want to live in Puerto Rico? Um, we moved here because it's um, there's a tax incentive where you can pay zero percent capital gains here, but still retain your U.S. citizenship. For the record, so- for the record, because we got a negative review. Someone was mad about. Uh, this you move I pay normal taxes I pay normal taxes on my income yeah I so I'm just gonna come out of the closet here I don't have any capital gains personally so right. do not come at me for this because I still pay normal taxes it's just zero percent right. on capital gains and this bitch doesn't have any capital that's gaining okay Absolutely. um so anyway that's why so we I'm surprised no one asked Kagan. why did Lauren move to Costa Rica because everyone always I know. gets Costa Rican oh, and Puerto Rico confused. Everyone, mom still to this day is like, I, you know, we we still want to come out to Costa Rica. Like, oh. <laughs> okay, be tough to find me there. Be a long drive <laughs> from the airport to my house. Uh, okay, I think this next one is interesting. We had two questions that were about like struggling in your twenties and also just struggling in like mm. having confidence at work or like that type of thing. And like some of them are about corporate the corporate world which I feel like both Lauren and I can speak to 
Well, what's interesting, because I was going to say that most of my struggles stem from the fact that uh, I wasn't exactly a STEM major, that I spent my early 20s wanting to be a poet, and then I found myself Mm -hmm. graduated in my mid-20s with literally zero marketable skills. Mm -hmm. But so I didn't like have any sort of clear career path, and that created a lot of stress. Um, Anticipated stress, literally everyone told me about when I would tell them that I was going to be a poet, and I just ignored Anyway, right. But you were the opposite, right? Where you did something where it was very much like a established career path and mm-hmm. it was very organized and you were got you've developed this very marketable, very lucrative skill, but still both of us when we graduated had extremely stressful few years. Oh yeah. Um like I just think that yeah, I mean, I my first job was incredibly terrible um in fact I was literally reminiscing about it last night how I one time was asked to like work on something that that, like you call an advertising a pitch which is essentially like it could be anywhere from two weeks to two months of hellish working time where you're literally around the clock sprinting to basically like win a new client anyways I was reminiscing with Faith about how one time I said I someone would like you know, I'm doing air quotes, ask if you want to work on this. So I was asked and finally I got up to the nerve to be like, I actually don't want to work on this. Like I've been doing this for two years. It's my birthday next week. I don't want to. And my boss responded with, it's also my birthday next week, (laughs) (laughs) which was just like the biggest mic drop moment. Like you can't say anything back to that. Anyways, I had a terrible first couple of years in corporate America, which made me really jaded about working way sooner than I yeah. need to be. I've talked about this before. Um, so I guess all I'm going to say is that I feel like I've gotten very lucky the past two years with my career, like extremely lucky right. where I work at a place that truly values me and I don't feel like I am taken advantage of at all. Yeah. Um, but it's still really hard. Like I have yeah. a really great job and I still feel in incredible amounts of imposter syndrome at times. I still feel like I had I mean, I literally cried three times yesterday about taxes and just like feeling like I do not, I have a, like on paper, my life can sometimes feel like it is very together, but a lot of times it doesn't feel like that. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think realizing that if you're trying to compare yourself to other people who have it together, they probably don't. Everyone is faking it. And also I think that realizing that at the end of the day, a job is just a job, even if it's your dream job, it's just a job. I don't yeah. I don't subscribe to the mentality that your job is your passion or your life's work. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I believe right. that it is something that like pays your bills and you can be paid very well to do a job that you're good at, but it doesn't have to be everything you're like you care about in the world. And so I right. think letting go of some of that helped me a lot because I think I felt like if I didn't care a ton about advertising, like I was in the wrong career path and I was right. doing something wrong because I didn't feel super connected to my day to day work. I guess. Well, but I was the, still good at it. Like, Anyways, I don't know if that's helpful. The thing that's tricky with advertising is there's this whole other like there's this artiste dimension of it that's mm-hmm. like similarly nauseating to my, you know, poet path where there's like this whole I think there is a vibe in the industry 
of like we're creatives like we do things that are like cooler and like more important than other people and we it's not like we're just engineers who are really good at what we do and when we work we do good work and then we leave it's like no this is like not yeah. only do I work at work I but think- then I have this whole other personal brand and identity and like body right. of personal work and it's just There's like an <sighs> exhausting standard to live up to it, totally and I think like I mean I don't want to be disparaging about like like there are a lot of people who I work with who are true artists and like right. they are and I can tell like they they shine for that but honestly like I do not feel that that same intrinsic like I am an artist mm-hmm. uh, desire and a lot of times that made me feel worse about myself because I wasn't as like I I don't know I just I didn't feel that co- as connected but I knew I, w- I could do the job and I was good at it but I wasn't as like intrinsically connected I didn't have like a burning in my bones mm-hmm. um so and I th- I think yeah that is like a tougher part of of the work but like the, a lot of times the work that we do is super commercial like it's just like it, you have to kind of like let go of some of that because like you have to realize that at the end of the day you're just like literally creating value for shareholders right exactly it's like it's a lot of mental gymnastics to uh manipulate like I'm sure a lot of the briefs, like I'm sure in the people's mind who are these true artists you're speaking of, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance when they take that impulse and mode of being and point it toward like Taco Bell and Mm -hmm. like, you know, that's just, it's, you know, or things are even not even as exciting as Taco Bell. I mean, I literally wrote like I had to dig dig deep and find inspiration for like California avocados um at this job or a different job no no not my at my old job like yeah, that yeah, was yeah. A, exactly I, I'm, I'm I'm honestly mainly speaking to my old job because I do feel like at my current job you're and maybe that's also working remotely I don't know like I'm just not as expected I'm not expected as much to uh I don't know they're, they just really like do value work-life balance and like being a person outside of your job so which is lucky. That's so amazing. Um, I yeah, feel like, you, I mean, like this person probably asked for tips and I feel like I'm not really giving tips. No, I'm just explaining my mentality. I think hearing experiences is really valuable. Um, and I think that sharing like how, you know, even though you had this career path that was very much established and you got the job, you got the coveted job, it mm-hmm. still felt like misery. And, well, you and, know, yeah, and- it's easy to compare ourselves to friends who right. like get these kind of more cool, glamorous jobs right out of college and think, oh, like, oh and- wow, they're very stylish. They look so cool on Instagram. They have this cool job. And what you don't realize is these people are literally crying at night, like a lot. Of oh them. yeah. I mean, also like mo- all of my friends, a majority of my friends are in like advertising or like design or other like things and everybody is grinding like everyone is working on their weekends like I actually uh yeah like I have a I have two friends who are work at an advertising agency and I would say 70% of the time they have to work on the weekend and right they have these glamorous jobs that are very cool and it's like you know yeah so anyways a lot of times the more glamorous a job is and I was talking with my friend about this yesterday um, cause she was talking about like working and publishing. Yeah. The more yeah. glamorous a job is, the, m- the more poorly paid and yep. also like the more they will take advantage of you. Cause they right, know right. it's your dream to have that job. Right. So yeah, they know yeah. they can pay you less and overwork right. you because it's that yeah. job. There's so many people that are bright eyed and bushy tailed lining up behind mm-hmm. you to take it. And right. so they can basically just, just abuse you. Absolutely. And, and, and- absolutely they can abuse you and because there's this mentality that other people would kill for this job right right yeah it's so i think it's like really this, tricky this, 
this person is saying like is everyone disappointed another part of this question is like this other person asking is everyone disappointed by their 20s or mid-20s you're um can I can I share my yeah 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 please yes yes so like I when I so I had a totally different experience to as to Chandler like I didn't go to BYU until I was 21 and then I didn't graduate till I was 25 I really took my time so I didn't graduate till I was 25 and again I was trying to be a poet so this didn't leave me with much of a career path I mm-hmm. ultimately decided not to pursue that that life because again like literally I would meet people at conferences who were like my icons right they had published books they were professors at good schools and they seemed stressed like they literally seemed so stressed right. and I would become friends with them on Facebook and like their lives seemed so depressing to me and I was just like, well, if these people who have like gone to this this level that would take so much time, a PhD, a lot of luck, a lot of grit, I'm not even sure I have the talent for it, but I right. would, if I could even get to where they're at and they don't even seem happy, exactly. Like, I really had to take a hard look at it. And so anyway, um, I didn't pursue it event like beyond undergrad. And then I was 25, living in Provo, working at communal a restaurant. Um, as a server and like kind of pursuing this photography thing that was also like not very promising. And I ultimately moved home and found myself 26 living with mom and dad, like a couple thousand bucks to my name, like literally working for mom hourly for cash, like organizing drawers at 26 um, to make money. Yeah. Like just like, like I can't even tell you how depressed I was because I just felt like all my I was such an incredibly kind of like arrogant college student and like basically person up until that point in my life like I had like I think a an endearing arrogance to me where I really thought I was special I really thought I was talented I really thought that anyway I was just going to amount to greatness inevitably (laughs) yeah inevitably checks out Um, checks out Yeah. And then, you know, I found myself uh, like hitting the skids eventually, the rubber really meeting the road at 26 living at home, basically nothing to my name, no real Mm -hmm. accomplishments and no marketable skills. And I and then it's like, you know, I did the very generic thing of like, well, I guess I'll go to law school. So I like did a bunch of LSAT prep and I just was very depressed. And I just felt like I felt like I was at the bottom of Mount Everest. And I Mm -hmm. also will say that I looked at all my friends, a lot of like BYU friends who were married, had a kid, like had a house, had a whole life set up because they had gotten married. I looked at some of your friends who were younger than me with life set up. And I just, I felt so ashamed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a really, really depressing dark time. But dissimilar to you, I have I did end up getting. I decided not to do law school, and I got a. Not that I ever was accepted anywhere, I even really applied. But I kind of went down that path a little bit, and ultimately, um, one of our friends, one of our family friends, gave me a job as an executive assistant, and we had the opposite experience where. I loved the job. The job was like so fun. It was so incredible. It was such a yeah. fun job. But my ego was like could not handle that all my specialness had amounted to being someone's glorified secretary. Like that really mm-hmm. bugged me. 
Like yeah. that was so hard for me to get over. And so even though the job itself was so fun and I adored my boss and it was just like an incredibly dynamic, fun role, ultimately I just – my ego made it kind of a hell for me to to accept that. And I ultimately transitioned out of that role to an operations role you know, a year and a half in as soon as I could because I just wanted something that sounded more respectable. And then I started working in spreadsheets all day. Um, yeah. and, and I went from having a very dynamic role, interfacing with executives, managing a lot of group things and events yeah. and, and, and interfacing with tons of people all the time to really working in spreadsheets and being very much like in a like a cog like in right. even though like technical I love I love my new boss she became like one of my best friends but I can say now very openly I do not have the same brain as her I do not have the same like yeah. analytical numbers based brain I'm more verbal more creative I just simply it was not a fit for me but my yeah. ego had had told me no you have to do something more respectable you cannot stay as an executive assistant so anyway long story short like I kind of created a situation where I ended up in a job that was not fitting for me and not not suited to my strengths and a hundred times less enjoyable than the job I had had previously yeah yeah so it's just interesting it's we all I think go through a really difficult time um, like putting the, together the pieces of the foundation of our lives, well, and, right? Like, and I just think it takes a pretty long time to find your footing in the corporate world. Like, yes, I, I, for me, like, I, I feel like I'm what about four, five years into my career. I graduated in 2018, four years, and I feel like I am just barely, barely getting confidence, yeah. right? Like, it has taken me so long to like get over maybe 30% of my imposter syndrome. And right. I, and it actually kind of leads me to one of the other questions. It's about like about or that question about your mid twenties. And I'm just, I'm actually looking forward to the next 10 years of my life and the confidence that comes with it. I can tell you that I can honestly tell you that women, especially there's a lot of like, there's a lot of stuff around being in your 30s. Like there's a lot of like that 30 mark is very scary, I think, uh, or mm -hmm. can be. It's not for everyone, but it can be. And yeah, yeah. people, can, it's definitely like a thing in our culture. Yeah, totally. Um, I can tell you that unless you're Kendall Jenner, your 20s are so much are so miserable compared to your 30s. Like right. for me at least, and for a lot of women I know who – who like did their 20s correctly, which is they did the work to put together the pieces of their lives. They worked on putting together a career. They worked on finding a partner. They really like went through that fire. They didn't neglect any of that. Then suddenly once you're in your 30s, you're enjoying the fruits of that. Exactly. And you are like in this career, you have this job or you have this business that does like you have some coin in your pocket you feel amazing like mm -hmm. and it's just it's just the best time of my life it's right. incredible yeah so anyway it's no, only I, like, like good things ahead right and I just think that's it's a lie to think that like your first few years for first 
few years or even your first job will like, I don't know, like make you the person that you are and be everything you want. And I actually, one last thing about like someone starting their first job in like the corporate world. I think that leaving your first job is really important because when you enter your, the workforce, uh, and it's your first job, you, at least I felt this way. And I do feel like I see it in other people. You feel like you owe these people a lot because they took you on when you were basically a student. Mm -hmm. And so, right. You feel like you owe them everything. And I think you put up with a lot because you don't value your own skills. Mm -hmm. And I think that the longer you can, you stay in that career, the more you almost like undervalue what you have because you're just like still think of yourself as you're that student and maybe they still kind of treat you like that. And so for me actually getting hired somewhere else, like I literally feel like I had the thought when I got hired at my like next job at, at Facebook was like, wait, I actually can do this job. Wait, they actually will, someone else will pay me to do this job. Not, not just these people who like, you know, took me on and like did me a favor. And I think you really understand like, oh no, I actually do have a marketable skill that other companies will pay for. And Mm -hmm, that that, honestly, that gave me so much confidence. So I would just Mm -hmm. advise people to not stay in their first job too long because I think whatever degree of mentality you like, whatever degree to which that mentality resonates with you, like it will start to become corrosive, I think. And it will wear down like you, you will be, you will limit like your confidence, but staying at your first job for too long. Yes, absolutely. And also, I want to say that I always, I always in my first job had this mentality or fear that I was going to be fired. Like I was always so mm-hmm. afraid of be- getting fired. Like yeah, getting fired was the worst thing that could happen to me. And even when like I was always getting positive reviews, o- only glowing feedback, I knew that I was doing a great job. I still was so afraid of losing my job. Right. Right. And one thing I hope if anyone else suffers from this, which I think a lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, totally. I I know I do. You have to realize that hiring is so expensive and like getting someone trained up is such an investment Mm -hmm. and it's such a time investment and it can be costly when companies are dealing with recruiters. Your company or whoever you're working for would just so much rather you do a good job then right. fire you and find someone mm-hmm. else like right like even if you feel like oh I haven't even I haven't really performed my best in the past quarter or whatever and now I'm just like no like your company would so much rather you just start doing a great job than have to let you go and find someone else yeah. and go yeah. through the cost of right. that so please right. realize that like I didn't if I had known that I think I could have relaxed a lot more like it right. is not a simple thing to just fire people and replace them yeah I think so okay let's see someone wants to to know is growing up in orange county slightly wild slash weird or fairly normal my assumption is that basically for everyone listening to this show i think most people grew up very similar to us like i think it's fairly fairly normal for like a just like an upper middle class place right yeah i think it's it's pretty similar i think that i loved my childhood i love living in san clemente i feel very proud to have lived there i still like it is home i think that there were some less than great aspects to growing up in an extremely image focused part of the world. And I like, I found that to be very damaging. I think to like, I mean, I literally, I was just talking to a friend about this. Like, I think honestly, just, just being totally blunt. I think that like being like, 
skinny was everything in Orange County. And I don't feel like yeah. I got a lot of like body diversity growing up or at least like even talk about it. Maybe everyone else didn't as well. I I know that like that's not a thing that's specific to San Clemente. I do feel like it was maybe hyper realized there. So that's one downside of it. And I, I do just think it was very based on like wealth as well. Um, but, you know, I mean, also, yeah, I, yeah. that that's I mean, not I definitely spe- that's think not that's very common to like basically any yeah. like bougie place like. That just kind of seems like the the what happens. Like, like that's yeah, like the I mean, I feel like, like there was I'm like, assuming and that, there's just like, yeah, there wasn't just like a lot of like diversity in general or like body diversity yeah. at all. And so I think, right. I think that was that wasn't the greatest thing for me. But all that being well, said, also just, I'm, I would, yeah, I loved it. We also just grew up in a time where, um, where like literally it was okay. It was just like accepted that the standard of beauty. The only way to be truly hot was to look as close to a, a Victoria's Secret model as possible. Like that was, I feel like, the right. goal always. That was just so open. Not that people talked about them specifically, but people just talked about being thin. Yeah. So openly as like yeah. the goal. Totally. And, and it's just I, such yeah. an interesting cultural moment because that is just so not where we are anymore. Right, right. And anyway, yeah, thank goodness. But I think that it's just, yeah, very, very, it was very interesting in that way. Um, but I feel I like, like growing up, so go ahead. Yeah. I, I like, I loved, I love San Clemente and I loved going to school there. I loved my, like my childhood and like school friends are still some of my closest friends. And I really like, I don't want to like, I, I don't want to sound ungrateful because I am very grateful for all that I was like given in the life that I had there. It's just, I think there were some, some negative aspects, but that's like, that like you're saying it's true of everywhere. That's like upper middle class or whatever. I also think though, that like, it doesn't matter where you're from. There will always be these weird hangups. Like mm-hmm. there will always be these like weird fixations, weird hangups that hold you back. Like if you grew up in in New York City, if you're up in New York City, mm-hmm. there's gonna be a lot of pressure on what schools you go to, a lot of pressure totally. on what college you go to, mm-hmm. a lot of pressure on what pressure on what college you went to, a right, lot of right. like East Coast snobbery. Right. And we didn't have any of that. We didn't have any right. of that. Yeah, that is interesting. Like, we didn't really have a lot of like there were obviously like kids who were gonna go to Ivy Leagues because they were extremely smart, but like there was no other snobbery. Like it honestly was like I think the fact that the majority of kids were going to go to state schools or UCs that were good schools, but not like Ivy Leagues. And I feel like maybe on the East Coast, it's more like Ivy League or nothing. Or Ivy Yeah, League it's a lot more like status-based, yeah. right. a lot more like right. how wealthy are your parents. Totally. And, and there are parts of the U.S. where, you know, or I'm sure parts of the world too, but like if you try to excel or you know, maybe do better than the majority of people around you, you're looked down upon as like, you know, or do you think you're better than us? Is this not, is this life not good enough for you? Are we not good enough? You know, like that, that exists in certain places. Yes, totally. I mean, it's just so interesting. And I feel so incredibly lucky that we were spared a lot like of the BS. Like, cause you know yeah. that the people that cared about going to the exact right prep school and then right. Ivy League school, they still had the skinny pressure too. They still had the beauty yeah. pressure too. It was just all piled on. So right, right, yeah. Anyway, um, so I think Orange County, all in all, is an excellent place to grow up. Definitely. And, um, yeah, with some perspective. Okay. Right. 
Okay, probably a Patreon question. Someone wants to know about sex after unsubscribing to purity culture. So yeah, that'll be an interesting one we talk about on the Patreon. Yeah. I definitely think we should get into that. Yep, agreed. Someone wants to know when we each got our first luxury purchase. Mm, You go first. I'm trying to think of a luxury purchase. Like my broker Um, fee for my New York apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I feel like I didn't get my first true luxury purchase until like a year ago. Until I bought myself that tennis bracelet and then the tennis necklace. And before then, kind of everything I had was like Zara adjacent. Oh, you know, that's not true. I got a leather jacket from Mahe. It was like $600 on sale. Um from a thousand or something and I was 27 I got it because I was like you know finally had a steady source of income but I had a lot of disposable income because I was living with my parents it was when I got that executive assistant job you had anyway cash I had so much cash and it was just so so incredible and I still have I think that's when he bought me my AC unit too I I had a steady job as well but I was living in LA and I couldn't afford an AC unit like a standing one for my apartment that was so hot then Lauren bought me one still the nicest thing you've ever done for me Honestly, like, like the fact that our parents did not and it, I just was like, I guess I guess someone in our family is going to do this and it's right. going to be me. We all it's know she's you. miserable in that hot apartment and you were like crying going home every day about how horrible your wife was to a hot room to sleep I in. Literally and I just like, put, I couldn't handle it. I would text my roommate and be like, hey, can you put my ice packs in the freezer? And then I would come home and fall asleep <laughs> with ice packs on my face. I gave myself ice burn. Because I was sleeping That's with insane. them all. I'm surprised you gave yourself like necrosis, like your skin didn't die. No, this is like truly, this is was the darkest time in my life. I just personally feel like this is like literally what, I don't even take any accolades for this because it was $300 and this is literally what family is for. Like yeah. family is for like buying I, you an ace, a window AC unit so you can sleep at night when you're like really struggling. Literally like a jeopardy or whatever like they pull down the curtain and there's a brand new car with like a red bow on it and that and then I was screaming jumping up and down like we went out to dinner for I think your my birthday or something something you came up randomly and you're like also we have a little gift for you in the back of my car and then it was an ace unit and I was just like like literally it was bus driver move that bus level tears oh my gosh so funny so funny um so actually that leads me to one of the other questions oh go ahead okay no no which is what is one of your favorite things about the other person? And mm. I have a lot of, truly, I have a lot of favorite things about Lauren besides the fact that, you know, she is my person. A um, a, oh gosh. So you got to ruin it. You got to ruin it. <laughs> I went to academic <laughs> conferences. Um, Did you know that I love language? Ugh, that was, I hope you keep that whole bit in because people need to go through what I went through. Um, I love that Lauren is extremely generous with her family. She's a, an excellent gift giver, like during the holidays or whatever, but she also is just extremely thoughtful and will give you things out of the blue that are very nice and generous. Um, and she spends like, she spends a lot of money on her friends and family. And I think that is Aww. something that I lack and it's something that I really look up to in you. And I'm very grateful for because you are, you're incredibly generous, like as a sister. Thanks, sis. I mean, truly I'm much a little bit I'm not actually that good during the holidays because I feel like the holidays it's like it's like perfunctory gift giving time like we have to like and there's so many people now to give gifts for 
And it's so ex- like the holidays now have become so expensive for me. Right. Like Christmas for me now is like a big bill. Um, right. And anyway, so I don't feel like the, I'm that good during the holidays, but I am kind of like an impulsive and my generosity is very impulsive. Like I'll just be like, right. no, I have to get this person, this $400 thing, this mm-hmm. $500 thing, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like I, I'm just doing it. I have to do it. Like it's I want to do it and thing. I know it'll be special. And it's just like this, like, I don't know. And I, I, it's just, it's as much of a, so clearly it's fun like, for me as it is for you. And you just so. like, you've given me very nice gifts. Um, Aww. yeah. So I guess I will answer the designer or whatever your big purchase. I don't think I've really made a big girl purchase. Um, and that's something you that I'm have, looking to do. You're consistently purchasing a big girl life and that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. And so, but I am interested in buying myself something special that is, Nice. And you actually, after I got my latest promotion, you encouraged me to buy something for myself. And I was like, no, no, no. And now I wish I had to like market. Oh, really? Um. So I, I think I need to. Yeah, maybe I maybe I will retroactively do something. But I think like a piece of jewelry or I'm kind of over designer purses. Um, yeah. I have like one that I love that I bought off Courtney. That's perfect for me. And I don't really like I don't want a collection of those. I'd rather have jewelry, to be honest. It's so interesting. Designer bags for me, they just don't feel like the move. Like I just I think feel they just like kind of especially... had their moment and now it's gone. Yeah. And like, I just don't feel like it's that. And Courtney, I know for sure agrees with this, but I'm not sure it's that like, it's just not interesting at all to be yeah. like, to I have mean, like, it's just not. Some are cool. Yeah. Like I would still love like a vintage Chanel. Like, trust me, I would not turn or that like down a... if that came my way. That YSL bag you love, that black leather YSL bag that's like mm-hmm. very understated, doesn't right. have the big YSL thing on it, but it's just really pretty. Yeah. Like something like that or like right now I'm like, or a Celine would be amazing. Maybe <laughs> designer like, bags are incredible. Totally. A Birkin. I just feel like they're like when you're in the place we are where like you can't get everything you want. A designer bag is low on the list for me. Like I'd rather right, right. just, I just rather buy jewelry. I just would I'd rather, rather buy jewelry, or I'd rather have designer sunglasses. Like something that's just like a little bit. I don't know. I, can, I don't. I think a bag is just. It's. It can either just. It can really like. It can be too much. I feel like it always like is can tip an outfit over the edge for me. And I'd rather honestly, I'd rather get like a Jacques Muse bag, like just like a kind of like cool, small little bag. Mm -hmm, That's not mm -hmm. that crazy expensive. I'd rather get one of those Parisian bags that are like the same quality as a designer bag and just a little more interesting. Show a little, like a little more distinctive taste on some level. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. But I do have, I do have an upcoming purchase that I'm very excited about. Yeah. People um, are also asking about our per- upcoming like sp- spring wish list or whatever. So this is good. Uh, do you want to keep going or do you think we should I save more for the do Patreon? Are there any other super spicy ones? Let's any see. other like good ones? Someone asked me about my morning skincare routine. Right now it is it is just SPF 70. I just put on a ton of Sunbum SPF 70 mm-hmm. and that's my morning skincare routine. What's yours? My morning skincare routine is I don't wash my face in the morning. I wash it at night. Um, I also, uh, I have been using my LED mask like quite frequently. And I've also been putting some like scar cream on some like spots on my face, which is super sexy. Um, but I really have been loving uh, the Charlotte Tilbury Fla- Flawless Face Filter. 
uh, like mm. highlighter thing as just a base. So I like literally put lotion on my face, put that on, then I put sunscreen on and I do my mm-hmm. eyebrows and that's like, that has been my makeup and I kind of love it. That's it. Ooh, and I okay. look so dewy. Um, and I, yeah, I, I love that product a lot. I just went and bought like the full thing from Sephora. Um, okay. Um, I, I have two broken bread, blood vessels on my face Mm. And I am going to get them V-beamed sometime soon. I really need to get like a laser. Like a, have you ever heard of V-beam? No. It's basically like a laser where they just point it at like one little spot. And uh, anyway, it treats the one area. If anyone who listens to this has had this done, I'm very curious about it. I really want to get it done. So please hit me up. I want to get V-beam done. Or if you've had any, if you had a broken blood vessel on your face specifically treated, um, please let me know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. I think that's, I think that's probably good. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a snoozy way to end it. Do you have any sort of like song and dance I mean, you, you can do? Do, this, like, do you want to answer this one about what would you do if you're married to your husband? He said he wasn't happy. He wanted to F other women. Should you go out with a banger? <laughs> Let's go out with a banger. Let's go out with a banger. Okay. I read this this morning and I already thought about it. Um, Okay. If my husband came to me and said, I'm not happy and I want to literally F-U-C-K other women. Are you so – Mom's like so happy we're not cussing anymore. It's just so much better to spell it out. It's so much classier. Right. I would kick that guy to the curb. Like goodbye. Like if if he just came to me and said, I'm not happy and I want to screw other women, like – this would be over. However, Literally. if he came to me and was like, hey, like, I feel like we're not, we need, I just feel like we need to put more effort into that part of our life and like create novelty together and like have new experiences. And I feel like we've kind of like let that part of our life, um, like been a little lazy yeah. there a little bit. Like, I remember one time my friend told me, monogamy is work like monogamy is work Mm -hmm. you have to put in the work to to keep things fun and spicy and -hmm. if you don't like you know you will get screwed essentially like eventually things will deteriorate and I don't think you're anyway and I think it's very true but I do think um, it's work. my point is it just depends on how he approaches that conversation well for me what I'm interpreting is and I think what is interesting about this situation is that he says he's not happy and then he wants to you know screw other women whatever um so literally I think it's like he's equating that what will make him happy is like having relations with other women and I think to me that shows that this person is incredibly flawed if they think that that is the secret to like finding uh you know renewed happiness because there's some other stuff going on here so yeah I would I would realize that and then you know, from that place of understanding, make a decision about whether or not you want to continue being partners with that person. Yeah. Like there's, it's a very different thing to say that versus saying like, I, you know, I think that I really crave some new, doing some new like experiences. I'm not traveling. Yeah. Period. Like creating newness together. Mm -hmm. However you want to do that, you know, I've in however you want to do that privately is very much achievable and like right i think that it just depends on really what the intention and energy is there but you know what it reminds right, me of right. chan what it reminds me of what we talked that article we talked about on the patreon about that woman who oh, yeah, left yeah. her husband like, 
and and like broke up her family because she like said she wanted to feel the rain on her skin like she just wanted to feel again right um i think sometimes people just they get incredibly uh bored with their lives Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. instead of turning inward and realizing that they just need to to do a lot of inner work they right. basically look for external forces to validate yep, them yep. and excite them and right. that i think is just such a trap and just leads to so much misery for you right, right. and for the people around you so right yeah agreed okay well we are going to save the uh x-rated r-rated and yep. just maybe more personal things for the patreon that will be out this friday and then everyone Please, Chandler, do you want to say what I'm about to say? Do your part. Please, if you like this podcast, leave us a five-star review. And if you want to enter the giveaway, if you feel like you want to spread the good word of the pop apologist, post about us on your story, include a link to your favorite episode, and you might win a walking pad. That's right. And if you already bought a walking pad, we'll just reimburse you. So you can enter even if you already bought one. All right. Love y'all. All right. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week live every Wednesday. Bye.